Hey, all you nature nerds. This is You're Gonna Die Out There, Peace Corps Edition. Right, Jen, here we are. We made it to part three of our Peace Corps Week celebratory edition. Woohoo! 60 year anniversary for the Peace Corps. That's right. With some more stories. So many stories. We got a bunch more and we're going to share those and then we're going to just, we're going to close this tiny chapter for Peace Corps Week. Yes. But we're going to read some more stories later because we'll always be talking about Peace Corps. Yeah. And we're even going to do, like we talked about in our last episode, we're going to do some like some real hardcore Peace Corps stories. Yeah. You know, before I started as, well, before when I was like prepping to start Peace Corps, Mm -hmm. I read a bunch of books. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember some of the names, but there are some really interesting stories out there. And a lot of Return Peace Corps volunteers wrote about their experiences, and then there's other just crazy stories. So I think we'll pull some together, yeah. and one of these days we're gonna we're gonna talk stories. We'll do the the serious, yeah, the serious Peace Corps edition. Yeah, we'll do the the real the real crazy stuff. The real deal. Yeah. So so, but for now we're just having fun with these stories, and we hope you enjoy them. For sure. We totally did. And we want to also say thank you so much for sending us your stories and yes. letting us share them on our podcast. And send in more. Yeah. Give us more. We some people had sent in like, oh, I have a great story and we're still waiting to get some of those. But when we get them, we'll put another episode together. Yeah, we're waiting patiently by the email and pretty much refresh it every two seconds. Yeah. Just well, you know. Yeah. It's important to be there. We want to be there for you. We always. Do. And we are because you're our Peace Corps brethren. Should we just go ahead and get started? Let's get into it, Jen. Um, So I'll read the first one. I am so excited about the first one. I know you want to read it, but because... No, 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 no. Listen, I... I, (laughs) Okay, so back to... I'm going to give... I'm going to talk about my friends again. So do it. before I... I I had always wanted to go to the Peace Corps. Mm -hmm. And I had a pamphlet that I'd gotten when I was in high school. I love it. You know, toughest job you'll ever love. Because this was pre-internet, so this was like a pamphlet. And I held on to that thing, and I was like, okay, I need to go to school. So I put myself through school and, you know, college and Mm -hmm. was like, got a degree that I thought would fit. So everything was kind of like built for that. Yeah. And one of my very best friends from college, her and her husband ended up joining Peace Corps before I did. Mm -hmm. And so they went to Ecuador. And of course, I went to visit them. And it was amazing. But one of the things that I remembered was when I first got there, a bunch of the Peace Corps volunteers came to their site to like have a party. Yeah. And they all had massive stomach issues. (laughs) And I was like, this is really gross. (laughs) Like you guys have some real issues. And even (laughs) even my friend Ginger just talked about all of her stomach ailments and how they were just constantly like suffering from all kinds of like amoebas and whatnots. And so while I was there, we traveled around and went to some really beautiful places. And while I was there, I also got the stomach issues. (laughs) And luckily, we stayed at one like 
hotel i guess i don't know what it was but the bathrooms were like you know community like everybody used it but you when you went to the stall it was a toilet and a sink right next to each other which made it really nice when you were like vomiting and vomiting and diarrhea at the same time which i was (laughs) it was beautiful (laughs) that's why they built them that. and i was like so now i've got yeah we had the 10-hour bus rides and the diarrhea and the vomiting simultaneous so I got the full experience, I feel like. That's nice. Yeah. And I was like, I can't wait to go to the Peace Corps now. <laughs> it's going to be so great. <laughs> it's going to be so amazing. <laughs> but it was, that was a great experience. And then, yeah, a year later, I left. Yeah. So this one is, you know, kind of reminiscent of my time. And so I totally get you. And this is from Mary. And she said, during pre-service training in Ecuador, I ended up with and she puts in quotes, death by diarrhea. (laughs) While still sick, I absolutely had to wash my sheets because of an accident during the night. (laughs) Washing the sheets involved washing them by hand on the family cement washing stand. Feel ya. I had to wash everything by hand. Still feeling very nauseated, etc. I gathered my sheets up and headed to the washing stand. I need to add here that I was also a vegetarian at the time. A lot of people start out as a vegetarian. Yeah. Is that in the past tense, Mary? I don't know, because it, it doesn't always work out so well when no. you're a volunteer. <laughs> so when I got to the stand, a member of the family was washing, scrubbing something on the stand. So I stood there quietly waiting for my turn. As I was looking around, I saw a severed pig head and then the pig's body. I looked back at the family member using the washing stand. As it turns out, and to much to my surprise, instead of washing clothes, she was washing and scrubbing pig's intestines. Gag. <laughs> she wrote gag really big. I mean, I'm sure as a vegetarian, she was just like, blah. blah. I barely made it to the bathroom before I threw up and had diarrhea at the same time. Yay. I feel ya. <laughs> and you know, it kind of also reminds me of our service because I oh, didn't yeah. eat pork. Right. I and remember then that. when we were in training, there was massive pig murdering happening for oh, some yeah. funerals and whatnot. Yeah. And we saw it all and I was just like, ah! Yeah, I that, you know, her story kind of reminds me of that story about my host family, about our training host family, mm-hmm. uh, who had the five dogs. Oh, and they were all named Juan. And they were all named, <laughs> they were all named Juan, J-U-A-N, the five Juans. <laughs> the five Juans. My host brother turned 18. They had a big party. Mm-hmm. I know you remember this. I 100% remember this. And the whole, village, the whole village came and it was amazing. But before that, I had, I think you came with me. I went to the store mm-hmm. and I bought him a card. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> and like, it was really I, like finding a card was first was of all funny. So weird. They were yeah. Random. And the card was like like happy birthday from your dog and i was like that's so weird because where we were like people pretty regularly eat dogs yeah and so i got this card thinking it was like so funny and then i signed it from all five dogs the five wands the five wands and i even made like little paw prints in it like yeah i i totally remember this it was over the top and I was so proud of myself and I put the card, you know, on on the table or whatever for his birthday. And then they, you know, slaughtered the pig for the birthday, which Mm -hmm. was traumatizing enough. Like the way they slaughtered it, it was not super humane. No. And then uh, and then they were like, oh, now we're going to take care of the dog. And I was like, what? And they're like, like, no, really. My host dad got a rifle, which maybe this should be a trigger warning for some people 
This involves... Yeah. Well, you don't have to go into detail. Yeah. So basically they kill the dog and then mm-hmm. we had the party and there was there was uh, one plate, mm. if you remember. Yes. That was pork and one plate that was not pork. Well, you know, at all those parties, and this is only in a particular place and not actually where we served. We were just right. there for training, but they would always at least point out which tray had like dog Mm -hmm. because they knew that Peace Corps volunteers, that's not, we were not. Not typically. We're not really, you know, cool with that. Like a saber. Yeah. I mean, we can be respectful to the culture and what they do. Like, that's fine. But I wouldn't want to accidentally eat it. No. At all. But I mean, a lot of volunteers tried it out of courtesy I, I tried it. I would. I didn't. I never did. Yeah. I was like, nope, I'm good. Thank you. It was, I, you know, I, I remember telling people back home like, oh yeah, I tried. I tried it. Yeah. And, and just like the, the like look on their faces. Just <laughs> They're like, like, I thought I knew what? you. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, when you're in another country and you're trying to respect the culture, sometimes yeah. you just, you know, you don't want to. You you want to just try and go with the flow, and it's right. everybody gets it, but yeah. But then you had the card. <laughs> but then I had the then I had the card, and he opened the card, and I remember telling him like, "Well, now there's four. <laughs> <laughs> and it being like this weird kind of morbid joke, super super awkward. The yeah, f- we're okay. Take it down to the four wands. Just the four wands. Oh. I don't know why they named all their dogs Juan. Well, well it was really strange, too, because it was like four male dogs and one female, and her name was Juan. <laughs> like, all named Juan. I was like, why? And, yeah, anyway, th- at the end of the party, that's that's a part that reminds me of Mary's story, is that at the end of the party, uh, you know, I was helping my host mom wash all these dishes. Because it was like the whole freaking village came. It was like so mm-hmm, many dishes, mm-hmm. tons of dishes. Right. And I'm just washing these dishes, whatever. And I look over and there is the head. Oh, God. And I was just like, nope. And I remember asking her, like, what are you going to do with it? And she was like, don't worry about it. And I was like, not worrying about it. I'm not. I just don't want to see it. (sighs) It's going to haunt my dreams for the rest of my life. Yeah, I can vividly. I mean, it was shocking. Yeah, you still remember it very vividly to this day, I'm sure. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Sorry. That that happened. Sorry. It just brought Mary's hilarious story down. I know. But also, severed pig's head, that's... No. It's yeah, still... I don't want to see that either. Yeah, you don't want to see it. Especially when you're, like, having the the simultaneous, like, vomit, Pukies. diarrhea. Woo! Death yeah. by diarrhea. Good story. Thanks, Mary. Thanks, Mary. All right. So this next story is from Chelsea. Uh, she writes, I had a latrine about 50 yards behind my house, but when it was dark, I would just pee off the edge of my house. Uh, and in, in parentheses, in parentheses, she writes, no other houses on one side and it's a concrete slab. I feel you, Chelsea. Just pee where you can. Mm-hmm. Do it. One night I was doing this. No, no electricity anywhere. So it's super dark. And a bat flew right into my chest. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had lots of bats that lived in my roof. Yay, eat my mosquitoes. But his sonar was quite off that night. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, Chelsea. And actually, we had a couple bat stories. Or, like, there were a couple people after she posted this. And then there was someone in country who oh, sent a yeah. video. Yeah, who sent a video. Like, hey, the bats are still there, you know? Yeah. That's, I thought that was so cute. That is cool. Yeah. Love bats, though. Oh, yeah. But we're going to have 
I think we have a bat story from Tom. I think, oh, that's right. At the end. Yes. I'm excited for that one. All right. Okay, this story is from Jenna. I was taking a bucket bath and a round worm about a foot and one third inch thick, a fat noodle was coming out of my butt and I touched it with my hand. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, Jenna, I'm so sorry. Also, rats would always get into my bed net by chewing a hole and they would crawl across my body at night oh, oh my god, god no you feel like the mosquito net makes you safe but it yes. doesn't yes. and she just proved that right there the first time was upsetting but by the end of the two years i would just roll over and say please don't bite me <laughs> <laughs> note this was madagascar where the bubonic plague had come back in select areas oh man jenna jenna holy cow i'm glad you're okay yeah was it the same rat or were they different rats? Was I'm, it a family I, of I rats? I bet they were different rats running uh, across you. But by the end, she's just like, listen. She's like, listen, guys. Look, I'm just tired. Can you please stop? I'm just, just don't, don't chew on me. <laughs> so um, there was one of the Peace Corps families I stayed with had told me about, um, I guess, some relative. And I want to say it might have been her dad or something had um, diabetes and couldn't feel mm. his feet. And a rat chewed up his foot while he was sleeping. <laughs> Look at that. No. Anyway. No. The round worm coming out. Coming out. She's like, I touched it with my hand. Blah. (laughs) It's like, ugh. All right. So this next story is from Bridget. Uh, It's just a one liner and it's hilarious. Yes. And Bridget, we want more. I would have vivid larium dreams where I'd wake up convinced there was a T Rex outside my hut. And this. Should have been in the first episode. Agreed. Right next to Chuck's story. Yes. When he was reading Jurassic Park and yes. had taken some sort of crazy meds. Which we're not quite sure if they were from his med <laughs> kit. He says they're from his med kit, but we don't know, Chuck. Or maybe somebody was like, here, here's some medicine for you. Right. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's all good. But yeah, that that is reminiscent of that story. So Absolutely. if you haven't listened to the first Peace Corps episode, go back and listen to it. Yes. And larium, is that like malaria medicine? Yeah, it's uh, malaria prevention right. medicine. So I took larium when I was going to go to Ecuador. Right. And yeah, some pretty um, lucid dreams. I didn't get to take that. I took doxycycline. Yeah. yeah. And, and when I went to Belize and then I got the worst sunburn of my life because no one told me that oh. your skin gets really sensitive. Really? Yeah, it was. I maybe it was probably on like the literature that comes with the pills, but yeah. you know, I was twenty three. You're like, eh. I was I like, need to read no directions. Directions. I think that's why I didn't take that one. But I remember mm-hmm. my friends telling me like that's going to give you some crazy dreams, and it did. Yeah. yeah. So, but better than getting malaria for real. Um, the next story, actually, there's two stories that I'm going to read together. They're from Therese. Mm-hmm. She says, I had a pet dog, which I fed dog food in a ceramic patio outside my bedroom near the Pia de Agua or sink. One morning I woke to find I was not only feeding my dog, but also a huge rat that came out of the sink's plumbing (laughs) to eat the dog's food. The rat was only slightly smaller than my dog. And I think we talked about that in the first one, too, about the giant rats. Giant rats. That, That story makes me laugh. I know. Because she's like, oh, good. Feeding that one. Yeah. It's another pet. Yeah. You know, people have pet rats. I, and they're super smart. They're super smart. Really sweet. 
But, you know, you want, a- you want to make that choice on your sure. own. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you want to bond with that rat from the beginning. Listen, that rat adopted her. It was <laughs> right. like, listen, this is great. We're you family. Know, we're family now. Yes. Her other story is, okay, one more quick story you might enjoy. The home I rented in Guatemala had an outside laminate slash corrugated metal bathroom and shower. From the outside of the structure, you could see into the shower or bathroom despite the use of a curtain. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Fun. Yeah. Above, there was an open space which made you one with nature when it rained. That's kind of nice. That's not bad. All of this did not matter since the cement courtyard was enclosed and private. Until one day, I was showering and heard noise above me. When I looked up, there was a child about the age of seven on his family's wall enclosure peering in on me as I showered. I do not know how often or how long the curious child watched me shower. I was the only volunteer I knew who offered to upgrade their landlord's shower slash bathroom so not to become an attraction for boys in the neighborhood. (laughs) I'm sure your landlord was really happy about that. Yeah, for real. Snakes in the shower are bad. Small children watching you take a shower or use the bathroom is far worse. Agreed. Uh, Totally agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I had some looky-loos in all the places, rando places I showered. The bedroom of my house that I stayed in was like the back part mm-hmm. and and there was like a piece of land it was very like jungly forested between mm-hmm. there and then the next house which is pretty far away but I would wake up a couple times more than a couple times to our young neighbor who was like related to my host family mm-hmm. but he would be drunk or something meandering around meandering around my windows and it's like if I put down the the curtains Mm -hmm. i'm using quotations curtains Mm -hmm. if i put them down it would be so hot in my room so i just always changed under a giant skirt (laughs) yeah like i i was always like that kid's always back there yeah you just kind of knew definitely a fishbowl definitely all right so this next story is from andrea uh one rainy night the electricity was out as usual during the rain and I found a small snake in my dark home. The family, uh, yeah, the family I lived with was away, so I ran to my neighbor's house. My student's grandpa came back with me, cane in hand, and violently killed the snake without pause. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. He's like, I've been doing this. Don't worry about forever. it. Forever. He then started laughing and explained it was an earthworm. <laughs> oh, my God. In my defense, the thing was <laughs> 1.5 feet long. That's crazy. One and a half feet long earthworm. That's insane. That's huge. Yeah, I would have been freaked out. Yeah. That's really big. That's like a nightcrawler. Those are, I mean, bigger than a nightcrawler. Those are like. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. I don't blame you. I would have been freaked out as well. But it is pretty funny that the old man. Yeah, he just came in. He's like, kill, kill, kill. He's like, I got my cane. Murder. Wait He's a like, second. Oh, wait a second. This is, <laughs> that was an earthworm. <laughs> Poor earthworm. Okay. The next story is by Cor. Mm-hmm. Was in my kitchen in Sri Lanka with my door open and my dog is outside looking and barking like mad. I look around a few times and see nothing and tell him to go away. He comes back barking like crazy. And this time I see a six foot cobra what? about four feet away slithering around back uh, around the back wall. I carefully shoo it out the door <laughs> and it goes back into a rock pile in front of my house. Shoo. 
shoo, shoo, shoo. Just go live in your rock pile. Goodbye. I would be burning that rock pile the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to put a bunch of gasoline over here. I mean, poor cobras, right? Yeah. I mean, snakes deserve to live too. They do. But just not in your house. Yeah, okay. As long as they're not like, you know, beating down your door. All right. This next story is from Megan, not me. I know, but see, I read one by Jennifer and you're reading one by Megan. <laughs> Good times. Yes. Our house was so poorly constructed that the toads thought inside was better than out. The humidity caused my underwear to mold, and oh. then I found a toad cuddled up in them. Taught me not to keep my underwear on the bottom shelf. Moldy underwear with toads in it. That sounds glorious. It just sounds so you would just be like, come on. Right? Why? Especially if you are in a situation that you are doing your own hand washing. Mm-hmm. Like I hand washed all my clothes and I would hang them up and it was so it would never dry. Right. So they were always just kind of like crusty, moisty, kind of just didn't feel. Yeah. Yeah. I really missed a washer and a dryer. So bad. when we were in our training... I had, uh, we did hand washing, mm-hmm. but my host family, because that was the luxurious compound. Yeah, they took it to a dryer. My host mom actually bought a washing machine while I was living with them. And I was like, really? You don't have to do this? Like, I can wash it? And she was like, no, no, no. And it was one of those, like, those, like, little plastic washing machines, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about, where you, like, add the water from a hose. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, then yeah. it kind of, like, agitates it, and yeah, then it will does spin the trick. it. Yeah. I used to use a bucket and a plunger. Yeah. That worked pretty well. I, I, I hated it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I never, ever want to be a pioneer woman. Do you remember uh, one of our friends, uh, she would go hang up her clothes on the like the drying line and then the next morning she would like be eating breakfast and her host sister would bend over and she'd be wearing her, <laughs> her underwear panties. yeah <laughs> i remember that <laughs> i had some stuff stolen for sure yeah i was like didn't i hang up this because it's like in certain communities it's like community property you mm, hang it up and not i mean no no disagree mm, I, don't so. I don't know that's that's a stretch well that's what they told her i remember her saying like, yeah, they were lying. Yeah. <laughs> they just wanted her panties. <laughs> Those are nice panties. Those are real nice panties. Um, this next one is from Callie. A uh, short version involves a flying cockroach stuck in my hair and a cane spider large enough that you could hear it run away after I flicked it off my bare shoulder. Both occurred within five minutes of each other, and I hate spiders. Oh, God, and I hate cockroaches. That's like a day in the life that just happens. That totally makes me think of just the quantity of flies mm. and... Maybe 90% of my time spent, you know, shooing them away or smacking them yeah. with like a broom. And when you eat, you just constantly wave your hand over your just food. always. All right. Our last story. Here it is. Here it is, everybody. You've been waiting for it. By Tom Juring. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Okay. This one is titled, Saving the World One Bat at a Time. And Tom, we love bats. We do. Seriously. I love them. I would have never signed up if I had known the area I would be assigned as a Peace Corps volunteer had an active population of vampire bats. Vampire bats. Vampire bats lurking in the dark. (laughs) (laughs) I thought they they were only fictional creatures from Transylvania, but there I was deep in the jungle of Belize with no rational excuse for making an immediate exit other than the faint memory of an old Bela Lugosi movie. 
which would have been the lamest reason any volunteer would have ever produced for the fastest ticket home. I think I've seen some much lamer reasons, but... This is, this is true. Yeah. And I certainly did not think I was there to save the world when I joined. I felt that good call. Let's yeah. just let's just say Tom's yes, Tom. yes. That's why you were such a good volunteer. We and know. anybody who made it, they knew they weren't there to save the world. Do some work, meet some people, make some friends, share stories. Anyway. So I felt that was a very inappropriate and arrogant phrase from vol- for volunteering in a developing country where I knew that my contribution, if any, would be small. I love mm. Tom. Others in my training group felt the same, but there was one person I met there who actually did fit the bill, who I felt was actually saving a little part of the world, Tim. And he wasn't a Peace Corps volunteer. He had been. He had even re-upped. After those extra two years of service, he was told that would be all. No more exceptions to extend service. Well, he came back on his own. After getting into graduate a graduate program to study BATS, he was able to find funds and a research budget which would allow him to continue his work back in his old stomping grounds in the remote jungle. What was his work? To kill vampires. Vampire bats, to be more precise. These bats were more than the dark and evil image one considers when thinking about vampires. These bats were killers of the worst sort. When farmers started to add animals like cows and pigs to their subsistence farming practices, unintended consequences followed. Although the vampire bat had been endemic to the area for many, many years, the introduction of these domesticated animals gave these creatures easy prey. Their Mm. numbers increased and flourished with all the fresh blood of livestock lounging around in the corrals and pens. Okay, so they're not invasive. They're endemic. They're endemic, but but they just got went nuts. Yeah, they they had a little extra blood. A little too much. (laughs) At night, these bats would sneak up on these animals and make a slight cut near the extremity like an ankle or a neck. They would lick the blood to their fill and fly away. The animal victim would normally survive these hidden assaults. It was only when these animals would be taken away to the market that the real trouble would happen. The bats, used to their nightly meal, would seek out other prey. Sadly, this would be very young children. Oh, that's not good. Who were, the mo- who were most likely to sleep the soundest and not be disturbed by the intrusion. The real tragedy was that many of these small children would become very anemic due to loss of blood, and many would die from that condition either during the night or shortly after. Oh, my goodness. That is not good. Enter Tim. He knew vampire bats, the real vampire bats, and he knew about insect-eating bats and fruit-pollinating bats and all other bats that live there. Most of these bats were an important part of the ecosystem, keeping all sorts of things in check. True. That's why we Very love true. bats. Very true, yes. It was one of the reasons that there were so few mosquitoes or the subsequent low levels of malaria carried by mosquitoes. More, most importantly, Tim knew how to get rid of these bad bats while protecting the beneficial ones. There is a paste that can be put on the belly of one of these flying uh, vampire killers and then released so that the bat would return to its nest. There, all the other vampires would groom the paste off the released one, and then the group would all die. Oh, interesting. It's like a like a cockroach house. Yeah. You know I mean? it's like when you, the, you one of them eats the bait, takes it they back. Takes it back, and then they all, yeah. yeah. The result would be stark and almost immediate with noticeable, noticeable drops in vampire attacks the next night. Sounds straightforward. Well, the devil is in the details. Catching a vampire bat, it turns out, is not all that difficult. One sets up a mist net in what's called a fly zone and wait for the bat to fly into it. Wait with red flashlights strapped to your forehead. I used to do that. 
Wait, wait until a bat gets caught in the net. After identifying what type of bat has been caught was most being beneficial and released right away, you apply the paste to the vampire's belly and release it. This operation takes two people to perform, and that's where I enter the picture. Hey, hey. Let's go do it, Tom. Someone had to hold the ugly little thing so the other can apply the goopy paste. So I became the lucky victim that got to hold the bat to be pasted up. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Now there's a special technique to holding a live vampire bat in one's hands. More accurately, there's a special technique to releasing one of the bats. If you don't let go with both hands at exactly the same time, the bat will attack the hand. Oh, my God. (laughs) I see where this is going. The bat will attack the hand that still has a wing firmly held by your fingers. That hand was mine, and I got nailed. (laughs) In less than a blink of an eye, blood was coming out of the side of my hand where the little Dracula had bit me. Great. There goes my love of garlic. (laughs) And sayonara to any future sunny beach vacations. (laughs) My dating life wasn't much, and there was no doubt that this incident wouldn't help if the word got out of my mishap. Oh, man. Poor Tom. Uh, other than being a bit concerned about getting rabies, I wasn't too worried about actually turning into a vampire as much as the movies and stories all tried to scare me. Otherwise, Tim was con- Tim was a convincing scientist of the highest order and assured me that I shouldn't worry, shouldn't worry too much. <laughs> Take care of the very low risk of potential rabies and you'll be all right. Okay, I'll be all right. All right. All right. You're going to be fine. After that, I knew there would be fewer vampires marauding around at night than the one than the night before. I knew I'd be okay, mostly. The next morning, I went outside and let the sun's rays beam down on me with the warm glow of knowing I did not become a creature of the dark. <laughs> it was then that I started to carry a rosary in my pocket. Oh my <laughs> not because of any revelation or spiritual rebirth, but more so that I could touch the crucifix when I wanted and convince myself I'd be okay. <laughs> That burn him. <laughs> that's pretty glorious, Tom. That's crazy. And I didn't realize. I mean, I've read about vampire bats in a, you mm-hmm. know, in, in areas where they are endemic. And I yeah. never knew. I mean, I knew they would prey on livestock, mm-hmm. but I didn't know they were preying on small kids. That's crazy. Wow. So you got to be part of a real scientific project. I dig it. That is so cool. Yeah. I wonder what is the. Tim, I wonder, maybe, Tom, you could send us Tim's last name. We can go see if he wrote any papers. Yeah. We can read about his uh, vampire bat research. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Thank you, Tom, again for the amazing story. We're so good. We, you know, we, because you gave us three stories. That's why we had to have three episodes because we wanted to spread them out. Yeah. But we also had all these other great stories. So anyway, we appreciate it, you guys. And we hope you enjoyed hearing your stories. Read aloud by mm-hmm. us. Our beautiful, again, dulcet tones. <laughs> <laughs> so, so good at reading. So, there's but, our part three of Peace Corps Week. Peace Corps Week celebratory wrapped up. Yep. And um, we hope to get some more from some of you. Yeah. Send them in. Make sure to email us at you're going to die out there at gmail.com. Or go to our website, you're going to die out there.com. Yeah. Fill and out you that can contact page. Fill it out. Uh, check us out on Instagram and the Twitters. Yep. And all the places you can listen to podcasts. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, I'm pretty sure we're there. And just make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. All the things. And thank you so much. This was fun. Yeah. And don't forget. Don't die out there. Bye. Bye.